4: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
3: Welcome
2: back in Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the second hour of the program Wednesday edition. Insanity continues to build surrounding COVID. We've been teeing off on, I bet a lot of you out there listening are in this marketplace in some way. Chicago schools not having their kids back today because teachers have voted not to return, 77% of them. And by the way, we should also mention, we have a ton of teachers out there listening to us who want to be in school, who understand the importance of being physically present. Massive numbers of you out there are overwhelmingly frustrated by the unions and what they're trying to do to kids.
0: Just a quick note on this, Clay. You know, when we criticize the teachers' unions, or when I criticize, say, the airline attendants who are screaming at you to mask up between bites, we know there are a lot of people that are either teachers or airline attendants or whatever yes. who are part of the solution, who, yes. are being, who want to be back in the classroom or who aren't harassing customers unnecessarily for the stupidness. Our criticisms are against those who are using their power to do the bidding of the apparatus. It's a, same thing with cops, right? Cops who are going in right now and arresting people for not being masked up. I got a problem with that. It doesn't yes. mean I have a problem with the cops in general, right? So I think it's important to draw these distinctions. And, and also,
2: I mean, if you are not of whom we are talking about, don't presume that you are, right? There's the <laughs> the whole internet is predicated on the idea that you immediately take offense And look, painting with a broad brush on any profession is a uh, is always unfair. And I say that as a lawyer in my prior life, people hate lawyers. But when you need a lawyer, you're like, oh, I love my lawyer. Right. So there are many lawyers who are not great stewards of the courts. There are way more that are trying to do their best every single day, and I think that's true of teachers. I think that's true of flight attendants, police certainly. Everybody out there trying to do the best job that they can under challenging circumstances, but the fact that kids are not back in school everywhere in the country, and we should mention it's not just Chicago, by the way, Buck. Uh, there are Atlanta-area school kids that are having to go to remote learning. There are Detroit-area school kids that are having to go to remote learning. There are many different school districts all over the country that are putting their kids uh, not physically present in school because of COVID. And in my opinion, and I know also in your opinion, Buck, we are failing our children. We were doing that. Uh, several other stories that are out there. Joe Biden is going to be, Buck, on Capitol Hill tomorrow to talk about uh, January 6th. I said Republicans should counter-program that by saying, hey, we're not going to focus on the past. We're going to focus on trying to get every kid back in school. And there are a couple of stories that are out there uh, from the world of sports that I think are indicative of people losing their mind. We were just talking, Buck, about the Ivy League and how instead of focusing on data and science and leading us out of the insanity of COVID lockdowns and shutdowns, they're actually charging forward even more and a big reason why is they're overwhelmingly made up of left wing elites on those campuses and the same thing is true in sports media and i want to read this quote for you uh, a couple of them because i don't know if you saw it so you know we talked about this quite a bit because it turned into a big story aaron rogers chose not to get the covid vaccine he's the green bay
0: packer quarterback the aaron rogers jerseys as christmas presents yes
2: were flying off the shelves As a result, by the way, we're number one show in Milwaukee. We love all you there. Aaron Rodgers, not trying to have a uh, big sports argument here, but he is the NFL MVP this year. OK, the only other case you could be made is for Tom Brady. But Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP. His team is number one in the NFC. They are the favorite right now, I believe, to win the Super Bowl in the gambling markets. He is the best player. OK, he missed one game because he tested positive for covid. Many players have missed games for testing positive for covid, whether they got the vaccine or not. All right. So uh, there are only 50 voters, Buck who make the decision on who the NFL MVP is going to be. Only 50 of them. One of the voters went on Chicago area radio yesterday and said he would not be voting for Aaron Rodgers because I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league, he said, and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be MVP. He further build up built on it by saying because Rodgers had been unvaccinated and spent 10 days on the COVID list, he said, we're told to pick the guy who we think is most valuable, uh, and it's not strictly on the field. He hurt his team on the field by the way he acted off the field. They're going to get the number one seed anyway, but what if the difference had come down to the Chiefs game where he lied about being vaccinated and they ended up getting beaten? Uh He said that's one of the justifications for why he's not voting for Aaron Rodgers. How insane is it, Buck, that a quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers, who looked at all the data, like we tell all of our listeners to do every single day, recognized that he was not under danger himself from COVID, made the decision that he was not going to be COVID vaccinated, told his team, told all of his teammates, didn't hide it from them, did try to hide it from the media because he knew it would be a big story, and now these left wing losers in sports media, the same people who went after Drew Brees when he said the reason I stand for the national anthems because my two grandfathers fought in World War II and I want to honor them. Now they're going after Aaron Rodgers and at least one of them is saying publicly of 50, I'm not voting for him because he upset me with his off the field decision making.
0: I'm like a foreigner when it comes to the sports media. Like I I, I don't it's almost like I have to trans. I don't. I've never paid any attention to them. I don't know. So when you've been saying, Clay, as we've done the show together, they may be, or I think you've actually said they are, they are more left-wing they than are. the national political media. To yes. me, that's like, that's colder than absolute zero. Like, how is that even possible, right? You you can't even get... And yet, here we are with the U Penn situation and the transgender yep. swimmer playing out. And as you point out, ESPN does no stories no on it. They haven't done a it. single they, story on it. They, they, they don't even... You would think they would celebrate it, but see, it's not helpful to the narrative. This time, it's not helpful to the narrative because they're annihilating all the women's records. And on this issue of, of, uh, of, of Aaron Rodgers, it just goes to show you they are effectively, and I'm, I've been learning this from you in yeah. real time as we go along, that the sports media is effectively, you know, it, it is like ESPN is, as people have derided it, MSNBC with sports. They yes. are just an adjunct of the overall narrative of the left which is remarkable because you'd think that sports would be one place where excellence, winning, truth, these would be things that would be apparent, meritocracy for everybody, and yet, no, Aaron Rodgers, because he's against the, the COVID narrative. I, I'm sorry, we haven't even yet had a reckoning in sports or anywhere else, but you've been talking about the positivity, the positive cases on a lot of these teams. There seems to have been no willingness to have a national conversation about the fact that the vaccines to stop the spread did not work, okay? Completely it, fail uh, uh, For stopping the spread, they're an abject failure. For individual protection for those at risk, they're good. Are they better than natural immunity? By the way, I would like that conversation. I want to know is who, who is safer right now to be around, someone who got the shot six months ago and has not had COVID or somebody who had COVID and never got a shot. I would like Fauci to answer that question. But as we know, the rules also change all the time. I am a tennis player. I, yes. I'm not bad. Pretty good. Got it. Got a decent forehand. Serve needs a little work. Um, And, you know, I mean, the only sport that I played well, I went shooting uh when I was in, in Florida with my brothers. We like to go to the range. But the only sport that I play on a regular basis is is tennis Um and crushing commies. If one can say that's a sport. Sorry, that just had to. But nonetheless, I know a bit about tennis and Novak Djokovic is. I mean there's three great living tennis players who are all kind of there's there's uh, Nadal, Djokovic and Federer and then of course you go back a ways there's Pete Sampras for the greatest of all time title but right now I think Djokovic isn't he number 1 in the world? Yes. And and wait a second clay. There were kind of different rules for him when it came to COVID suddenly and going to the Australian Open. So
2: this is this is both ridiculous, predictable and sad all rolled into one. So Novak Djokovic has chosen not to get the COVID vaccine. He already had COVID. And like many athletes, uh, he looked at the data, you know, athletes are intensely in tune with their bodies. And he said, it's not worth me getting the COVID vaccine. So the Australian Open is going to start in the next few days. I'm not sure exactly, but it's in January of this month in Australia. And Australia is not allowing anyone into the country unless they've been vaccinated for COVID. Now leave aside how crazy that is. Somehow Novak Jokovic qualified for an exemption to the covid vaccine requirement traveled from europe to australia arrived in the country and they refused to allow him to enter the country because word got out that he got the exemption and people are furious in australia and so right now as we speak novak yokovich is at a hotel at the airport in australia being guarded by two different security guards unable to leave his hotel room in Australia. They don't know if he's going to be able to play in the tournament, but he got on a plane and there's no small flight to go all the way to Australia, and now they're not letting him in out of his hotel room.
0: It was just too much, right? I mean, Australia, and it's been so disappointing because everyone had thought in America, I think the perception was, that Aussies are like more laid-back Brits with a better tan. You know what I mean? Like they're just sort of, they're in the sun, they're at the beach, they're hanging out. And Aussies, it turns out, are creating the template, even more so than China, of the biosecurity state. But at least they're trying to be consistent in this in this lunacy, because the worst tyrannies we see in this country is when they is when they implement these rules based upon how important you are, based upon how powerful you are. One thing that I, I think I mentioned this when I was in even Miami, Clay, So you know, Djokovic obviously gets a pass or they wanted to give him a pass because he's so important. But yes. that doesn't the virus doesn't care how important you are. You know, virus doesn't care how wealthy you are. Uh, even in Miami, you have a lot of the the servants, if you will. You know, the the servant class or people in the service industry who are masked up all the time. Oh, yeah. This has become a class marker for a lot of people, because why should somebody who's eating dinner not mask up? Or I should forget about even eating. dinner. People say you need to have food in your mouth, whatever. Hanging out at a bar. You should be able to be unmasked while somebody else is masked up. It's just about class and power at this point.
2: How angry would you be if you traveled all the way to Australia? They had told you that you could enter the country. And then when you got there, they put you in a hotel room with two armed guards and you weren't able to go anywhere.
0: I mean, it would be—it's a long flight, from what I understand. Have you ever been? I've never been to the land. No, anywhere. I would love to go. I, mean, I, hear, I might
2: not ever be able to go because I'm not vaccinated. I don't want to travel all the way to Australia and end up held hostage in a
0: hotel room. I mean, Clay, I don't want to have to get some kind of special exfiltration mission going to get you out of your Australian quarantine camp if you visit. But I will say, with this audience, we'd have you out of there in a, in a, in a quick. Way. I it would appreciate
2: that. But I was talking about this the other day—the number of states that I can even go to now. We're we're trying to think about what we want to do for summer vacation. I think Montana is going to be the choice. Uh, But uh, my wife was like, she's out in Utah right now with our two youngest kids uh, skiing. And by the way, they're stuck there because all the airlines, this is an underreported story too. Everybody's focusing on January 6th in the media. But Buck, they're canceling, there's something like 15% of all flights were canceled in the last several days there are so many i bet of our listeners who were traveling around the new year and ended up stuck somewhere they didn't want to be but that's uh that's what's going on right now in the meantime uh we live in a world where we share our data online an airline ticket a little league registration an online purchase that gets delivered to your home every time you share your data online there's a risk your online identity may eventually be part of a data breach you won't know when it happens you might find out months later when your information's being used by a cyber hacker you'll be surprised and heartbroken by how quickly they'll make purchases in your name. That's why it's a good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like some of the information you put online in the process of a purchase or registration. If LifeLock sees your data being used illegally, boom, they'll send you an alert quickly and they'll let you know what they're seeing. And if it's being done without your knowledge, they'll help you shut it down. This is important. How do you get hooked up, Buck?
0: Look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. That's right. Join now. Save 25% off your first year by using promo code Buck. That's right. Just promo code Buck. Call 800 LifeLock. That's 800 LifeLock or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code Buck for 25% off. Call
2: 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
5: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
2: Up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay. That's C L A Y to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Beginning
0: tomorrow, we're going to be asking all hospitals to break out for us. How many people are being hospitalized because of COVID symptoms? How many people are happen to be testing positive? Just while they're in there for other treatments, so that's I think that's important. I'm anticipating to see that at least a certain percentage overall are not related to being treated for COVID. Oh, I think that's important too. Welcome back to Clay and Buck Show, yet again. We need to create Clay like some kind of a a board, you know, some kind of like a bracket for things we have said since June of 2021. Years that we were told, or, or, or we could go back all the way to March of 2020. That we were told, and and people attacked us for and said, oh my gosh, you're reckless, and people are going to die because of you, and grandparents are going to disappear because of you. And now, they just kind of inserted into the conversation, you know, NBD, no big deal, that... It turns out there are covid cases that are being counted as hospitalizations, because remember, the case count is that's why all this testing stuff, it doesn't really do what they pretend it will, which is to be a tool against the spread. You could have tests in everyone's home in the country. There's still going to be covid bouncing all over the place. But hospitalizations is supposed to be an important and it is an important metric, but you got to get it right. And here's the governor of New York who wears a vaccine necklace friends not an exaggeration <laughs> not trying to she actually has some you know and she's ca- some kind of a vaccine necklace on and she calls it a gift from god um and i'm sure pope fauci approves of this talk clay she's now saying what we've been saying for many months which is clearly they are counting hospitalizations that involve people there not for covid a car accident or whatever who test positive who have a mild case And even Fauci had to admit this about children. Uh, But I I haven't gotten an apology yet. I don't think you have either. No,
2: and and, and to your point, we've been making this argument for a long time, and I don't always get it right. But when we talk about COVID deaths or when we talk about COVID hospitalizations, I always try to say with COVID as opposed to from or because of COVID. And that's a significant difference because even to this point, the people dying with COVID – have three to four additional COVID comorbidities. And Ron DeSantis, to his credit, in Florida, they've done a good job of pointing out that one reason that COVID hospitalization numbers can be high is they test everybody for COVID when they come into the hospital. To your point, if you're going in to have a knee replacement or if you're having an appendectomy or you're a mom that might be having a baby, one of the first things they do when you get checked into the hospital is test you for COVID. And so uh, I saw the data from Florida recently where they said between 50 and 65% of the people with COVID in the hospital are only finding out that they have COVID because they're in the hospital for some other reason and they test and there's a blood positivity then that they have. And so all of a sudden, because the numbers are skyrocketing And Democrats understand that they now are being held responsible for the covid situation in this country because they're in power. They control Congress. They control the White House. Suddenly, Kathy Hochul, the governor of of New York, says, oh, by the way, let's make sure that we're not overreacting or exaggerating what's going on with covid hospitalizations. The timing, as always, ridiculous. We have a
0: redistricting throwdown coming up next year with our friend Ryan Gerdusky, Clay. But what else you got for us?
2: Yeah, as we get ready for that redistricting talk, which is going to be pretty interesting, i got to tell you all about Black Rifle Coffee. I drank it to start the show today. I drink it every single day. Buck does as well. He drinks it hot. I drink it cold. I love the mocha cold brew version right out of the can. Easy to get hooked up. You can find out what you like and find out your own Black Rifle Coffee perfect flavor. Best way to enjoy their coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. When you join, you get a roasted package shipped free to your door on your schedule, your chosen brew. You can purchase online, have Black Rifle Coffee delivered to you. Here's how you do it. Go online to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the code Buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifle.com. Use the promo code Buck. Do it today. You'll be glad that you did. I love this product. Mocha Cold Brew. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck and Show. Hope all of you are having a fantastic start. Maybe a little bit to your Wednesday back at work. Joined now by Ryan Gurduski. He's the founder of the 1776 Project Pack, author of They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution. He's also an expert in redistricting, which at times can sound a little bit nerdy, but is going to be massive as we go into 2022 and try to find out what's going to happen in the House and certainly in the Senate. But this is primarily a House related issue. Uh, Ryan, appreciate you joining us earlier today. I believe we are now up to 25 different currently sitting House Democrats, potentially including eventually Nancy Pelosi as well, who will not be running for reelection. Uh, what does, let's start there. What does it typically tell you when the party in power is having so many current uh, elected officials decide not to run in the upcoming midterm?
4: Hey, thanks for having me on. I think that even more important than the number of, of members who are retiring, it is who, re- who is retiring. And there's a lot of members now who are chairman of different committees, which is a very powerful position. It comes from seniority. It's you spend years and years trying to cultivate to get on that position. They are retiring, so they know they won't be chairing those committees anymore. And that is a clear sign that um, that that it's not going well for Democrats. And they can kind of read the writing on the wall that they have to uh, they have to leave now or, or lose in, in, in 2022 or just become a Im- member minority where you have no power. And to go from being a position of immense power to having no power is not really worth it.
0: Ryan. Hey, buddy, it's Buck. I want to know how you think the redistricting is going. I mean, here's one uh, Mike Allen wrote just earlier today that Wasserman uh, says redistricting is turning into a happy surprise for Democrats. Here's here's what I'm I'm hearing from people who pay close attention to this. And for everyone who's listening, this could determine who is in control of Congress. Right. So this stuff really matters. Redistricting doesn't sound exciting in general. You know, it's not something that gets people to jump to the front of their seats. But it has major implications, Ryan. What I'm hearing is that where Democrats can, they go all the way and get the best possible deal for themselves and their power in terms of the districts they're drawing. And in a lot of spots, Republicans are getting a little weak. Is that what you're seeing? What's going on?
4: Yes. So redistricting is depending on what state you're, you're you're talking about. Some is by the the l- legislature. It's very partisan, like it is in Illinois or Florida. Others, it's by independent redistricting. But as we've seen in many states, independent redistricting is very partisan as well. So first of all, the number of seats that are single digit Biden or Trump seats, seats that went for 3% for Biden or 4% for Trump, they're going to go down from about 62 to 46. So there will only be like 46 real swing districts left in the the country at the end of this redistricting um, that either went for Biden or Trump by single digits. Secondly, there's a lot of state Republicans don't control that many big, big states, Texas and Florida. But aside from that, uh, the bigger ones, New York, uh, Illinois, Pennsylvania, uh, California, they're not controlled by Republicans. So Republicans didn't have that many big states that they could sit there and they could break Democratic districts. in. Um, they have a lot of states, a lot of smaller states where Democrats have either one or two seats that they could have redistricted Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee. Um, all these smaller states where they could win one or two more Democratic seats, Republicans really haven't taken the plunge. They didn't redistrict Indiana one. They didn't re- uh, redistrict the, uh, the sole Democrat in Kentucky. In the states like Ohio and North Carolina, Republicans have really went for the gut uh, guttural and they have seen and now they're being challenged in court. But if the court lawsuits get thrown out, they'll be fine. In places like New Jersey, for example, New Jersey, um, there are six swing congressional districts in New Jersey. Cicilline won all six. The guy running was Republican ran for governor. After this election cycle is over, as this redistricting cycle is over, rather, there will only be four, and that he that he won, and the number of seats the Republicans can possibly win is three. So, if you look at Northern Jersey. Seats like uh, district 7 which was a um, which was a Biden plus 10 seat it will now be a Biden plus three seat it'll probably be the only pickup Republicans have but New Jersey 5 which was a Biden plus five will be Biden plus 12.5 um, Jersey 11 which was Biden plus six will be Biden plus 17 in South Jersey which was Biden plus 0.2 will now be Biden plus 14 they basically made all the Republicans push all the Republicans in three districts. And then made all the Democrats as 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 bulletproof as possible um, in Maryland. There's only one Republican in all of Maryland. Is his, his seat going to go from a uh, Trump plus 20 seat to a Biden plus point four seat? So he's completely redistributed out of his district in Michigan. You're seeing two Trump seats become two very large Biden seats um, and one Biden seat come, go, going to become a Trump seat uh, in, in Illinois. You have multiple seats. That Republicans are going to be completely wiped out of. Adam Kensinger's seat's going to be going um, hardcore Democrat now. Seats in southern Illinois, where it was uh, Trump plus one will be now Biden plus eight. Another Trump plus three seat will now be Biden plus 11. Nevada is the same way. Nevada. They took one Biden plus 25 seat and made it a Biden plus eight seat. But in all the surrounding areas, in the two surrounding congressional districts, congressional districts, which are swing districts, will now be Biden plus six and Biden plus eight. And in California, you have a number of seats that in California were, uh, uh, you know, contentious for Republicans to keep. And they'll be a lot, lot harder. California, 13 was Biden plus two. It's now Biden plus 11. California, uh, 27. Uh, Biden plus 10 now is Biden plus 12 these they're trying to make it as hard as possible for republicans to win these seats that they have had they've held it since the 2020 election
2: all right Ryan all of those numbers that you just ran through if you were setting an over under right now what do you think the expected republican pickup would be factoring in redistricting now in the 2022 midterms as we sit here in january what's a reasonable
4: number in your mind so, first of all, there'll probably be eight to ten more Biden seats than there were before the, before the redistricting. So there'll be about ten more seats that Biden won that he did not win last time. Even with that, though, even with the new uh, the new Biden seats, Republicans are probably looking at a possible 30-seat pickup because there are a number of seats that are either – that I mean, if you look at the trajectory of the New Jersey election, the elections out on Long Island, and the elections in Virginia – Republicans could very well compete in any seat that is less than Biden plus 10. And even in some seats that are Biden plus 10, they could probably compete in in certain districts with certain candidates. Um, New York is not out yet. Pennsylvania is not out yet. Those are and Florida is not out yet. And those are big, big states with lots of congressmen. So it's still I mean, it's going to be tough to sit there and see and wait wait and see. Um, Republicans are going to see big pickups in North Carolina, in Arizona, one seat in Montana, one seat in Texas. Uh, one seat in New Jersey, two in Ohio, and one in Maine. Um, and then the rest is really, we'll sit there and see, you know, it, can they hold on in, in New Mexico, the sole Republican in New Mexico? Can they hold on in Maryland, the sole Republican in Maryland? Um, if they can, if Republicans can hold on to these new, tough Biden plus one, Biden plus two seats, which is not impossible at all, um, they'll be fine. They'll win the majority uh, comfortably by about 20 seats. Um, if, they, if, they, if they start losing on these, you know, slightly more Biden-leaning districts, uh, it'll be much, much tougher.
0: Speaking of Ryan Gerdusky, founder of the seventeen seventy-six Project Pack, author of They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution. Ryan, before I let you go, Schumer's talking about a one time exception in the filibuster to get voting rights through. Is he is he on a, a serious path here, or is this just rhetoric? What do you think?
4: No, Joe Manchin's going to completely put a kibosh to that in three seconds. I mean, Manchin has basically said no change to the filibuster whatsoever, uh, and they really have no avenues to get anything done. January has been pretty, and uh, January and December have been pretty dead months for the Democrats in the Senate, and they know they need to deliver a little bit more to their constituents and their voters. But looking at looking at it, we're going now straight into the general election um, of the 2022 cycle. Very little will actually be done at this point. It will. Most of all will probably be judges and a few spending bills. But other than that, they have no restitution to sit there and get anything done that they plan on getting done.
0: Ryan Gerdusky, everybody. Ryan, thanks so much, man. Great to have you with us. We appreciate
4: it. Thank you.
0: Look, if you are in pain these days, you need to do everything possible to get out of it, right? That's why these words from Diane in California are so important to us. She loves Relief Factor. Here's what she wrote in. I have to say, within four days of taking this product, I went from staying in a chair in misery to walking four to five miles a day. Look, Diane's words are those that can really help a lot of folks out there. Give this a try. Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product which addresses joint pain, knee, hip, back, neck, and shoulder pain. Created by doctors and based on scientific research, Relief Factor helps your body reduce pain and inflammation associated with aging, exercise, and everyday living. Relief Factor goes to the source of inflammation. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% go on to order more. Join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to get the 1995 three week quick start developed for you, go to relieffactor.com or call 800 the number four relief. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
2: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world
0: conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons.
1: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back
0: to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We'll try to get in some calls in the next hour. So give us a ring and talk to us about if you've got any crazy COVID stuff going on in your area, if you've got schools shutting down or just the the most bizarre policies possible. I always love to hear about that. 800 282 2882. We've also got Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona with us, and we've got our wonderful Phoenix KFYI audience listening in, of course. And uh, thank you for making us, I believe, number one in Phoenix, Clay. I think it's one of those number ones. Number one across all formats in the talk radio side of the, or in the uh, radio world. So that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah.
2: We're number one right now just to start off the, uh, the 2022 with a challenge to lots of different markets out there. My wife is currently stranded in Park City, Utah. We're number one in Salt Lake City. So maybe she's listening right now on our affiliate. Number one in Phoenix, number one in San Diego, number one in Sacramento, uh, number one in Birmingham, M- Memphis, Raleigh, uh, Milwaukee in uh houston phoenix and uh, i believe that is all of them right now that's a lot that's number one markets we appreciate all of you
0: now i just want to point out that there's no limit to the willingness of people like chuck schumer to change their principles and and lie to the public i mean there's really whatever works when it works whatever he has to do and say is what he will do and say and right now he's the guy pushing he's senate majority leader Chuck Schumer of course from New York. See, Clay, we got all the worst here. California thinks they've got <laughs> bad politicians. New York, the worst libs in office in the country all Andrew Cuomo
2: getting pushed out actually made things
0: worse. That's how bad New
2: York is. I I
0: Kathy Kathy Hochul somehow has managed to be even more annoying than Andrew Cuomo was in at this stage. But anyway, we we have Chuck Schumer saying he wants to have a loophole in the filibuster, which would threaten the whole filibuster. And let me just say if Republicans Needed to, they should say any loophole, any change the filibuster means. As soon as we're in the majority, it's gone. Draw, draw a red line. Say absolutely not. You do this one time, we'll do it every time. You, you try this, we blow the whole thing up, nuclear option, uh, and that's I think. But, but let's be clear, this is what happened with judges, right? Harry Reid, I, I believe he just passed away recently, right? Harry Reid uh, pushed for the Democrats to have the end of the filibuster for judicial nominees, the Republicans said, all right, fine, We're, let's do it for Supreme Court nominees. Let's go all the way. So here's Chuck Schumer, though, just on the, on the notion of whether this man who sits as the senior senator from New York has any principles whatsoever, even when it comes to the protection of the very institution that he has allegedly served, he's really serving himself, for decades. Here he is back in 2005 on how terrifying it would be to mess with the filibuster. Bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. We will not let them. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge to change the rules in midstream. To wash away 200 years of history, they want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? No. It'll be a doomsday for democracy if we do. A doomsday. A doomsday. Clay. I mean, I, I just don't understand how
2: these guys. And and that's from 2005 for people out there listening. I don't understand. We know that politicians, many of them, are full of crap. And disappointingly, a lot of politicians aren't even that smart. So they will argue whatever is put in front of them for the moment. But to be, if I had anything that was that contradictory, shouldn't the media be hammering Chuck Schumer with that clip and saying, Hey, now you're in favor of ending the filibuster. You said it would basically lead to a dictatorship just 16 years ago. Why are you suddenly flipping? And the answer is, of course, because now his party is in a position of political power. But it's so transparently fake, this argument that he's now making. Make no mistake, he's now making the opposite argument That democracy is in peril if the filibuster isn't destroyed. And the reality is, this is one place where I think you got to give credit to Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, who are Democrats that have at least been consistent here. And they're saying the entire purpose of requiring 60 votes in the Senate is to avoid massive swings every two years when one party comes into power and the other party is out of power. And we don't want our American policy to swing widely from one extreme to the other. The House can exist to provide that on some level. But Schumer's actually citing the history, the Jefferson quote reportedly about the saucer and how the Senate cools the emotions of the day. And so he knows the history and now he's just transparently arguing against it. And I think we have to mention, Buck, because you're talking about New York politics, a big part of this seems to be motivated in some ways by fear of AOC because Chuck Schumer has gone far left wing ever since the rumor got out there that AOC might tire of being one of 435 Congress people and decide to run for the Senate in New York and she might beat Schumer and ever since those fears have been percolating in his mind suddenly Chuck Schumer has become super left wing.
0: It's amazing to see Chuck Schumer uh, over the course of his whole career. This is a guy who has just gone with whatever benefited him, wherever he had to fit into the Democrat machinery for maximum power. And it's just like Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's the president. Joe Biden has stood for nothing other than whatever the Democrat Party told them to. And effectively, Bidenism and Helping his family here and there with uh, some sweetheart deals and the some big Chinese man. oligarchs and some situations in Ukraine. 10% for the big man. 10% Buck. for the big man, Clay. So we're not going to let them get away with this nonsense, folks. What we do here is what the media says they do, which is speak truth to power. We speak the truth they want to shut us down for. Congressman Andy Biggs of the great state of Arizona will be joining us in just a few minutes to talk about tomorrow's January 6th situation, plus the border and Whatever else Clay and I can come up with, we've got more on Mass to talk about. More discussions coming your way from the uh, the truth, the front lines of truth. Clay, you know we're we're here in in the midst of the fight, and we are not going to give it up, folks. Not until we finally get our freedoms back. We got Andy Bigs up next. Stick around.
4: You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition
0: skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. They both come in giftable boxes, with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.